Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim October 18th 2020 Dars highlights major themes include complementarity between zahir and batin how to know whether god loves you or not and how the sir the innermost secret is transmitted by the sheikh to the disciple the sheikh began by comparing zahir and batin outward and inward aspects of the religious tradition to the ocean and dry land inwardly the ocean is dry land its bottom is dry its earth outwardly the ocean is water similarly inwardly dry land is water beneath the land is water and outwardly the soil is earth it's dry land and in this sense you can't separate the esoteric truth al-haqiqa from the external or exoteric reality the two are inseparable and from both of them from the combination of the two you extract pearls and coral stones al-lu'lu'u wal-marjan yukhraju minhuma from them from both come forth pearls and coral stones and it's impossible to journey through the exoteric tradition without having a direct taste and a sense of the lived experience of the reality of the sharia if you don't have a taste then practicing the sharia will become heavy on you and on others around you and you will misguide yourself and others because you've neglected the inner half of the sharia in haqiqa in the esoteric reality the haqiqa the, the water is salty and it's hard as well and you have to learn to swim through it you know its color its form and it becomes your own haqiqa your own reality but the grace and the station of perfection is to bring together both land and sea both dry land and ocean you are the meeting of these two realms or of the, these two oceans you might say and you are the separation and union at the same time when you look at the sharia its laws are outward and its meanings are hidden they're inward when you look at the haqiqa the esoteric reality its meanings are outward and its laws are hidden moreover water of the ocean of the esoteric ocean actually has no color and you also have no grasp of esoteric truth unless you learn to flow through all things unless you have no more color as well water flows through rocks it splits them and water bursts through them and through it flows through the air and in order to do so in order to flow through all things to become aquatic or to become water like in your nature you have to have both depth in the in the haqiqa in the esoteric dimension and perfection meticulous practice of the sharia as well tadqiq meticulous perfection of al-sharia of the revealed laws in trying to strike a balance between the outward and the inward the exoteric and the esoteric travelers to god tend to make 
mistakes. Some of them draw their understandings of esotericism from philosophers, from the naturalists, and so on. And they're attracted in their heart to esoteric realities. But they don't take those haqqaiq, those esoteric truths, from their direct source. They take it from the speculations of philosophers. Others, on the other hand, they think that studying all religious traditions is going to take them to their Lord. This falls outside of the journey to God. Philosophy, inclining toward esoteric teachings and fleeing from the divine rulings, this is not how you approach your Lord. Also, those who don't apply rulings and teachings and the things that they learn to themselves, these people do not have asrar. They don't have secrets of the path. If this is how you could arrive at the esoteric or divine knowledge, then you'd find divine knowledge with all creatures, not with Muslims, but with unbelievers and philosophers and everyone. The path of tasawwuf of Sufism is to pass away from yourself and from others through direct witnessing, mushahada, by virtue of the verse, ittabi'un nur, follow the light, alladhi unzila ilaykum, that was revealed to you, that has descended upon you. The Sufi sees God through God and passes away from the darkness of his own heart and becomes light upon light. This is the path. And we have some fuqara who proudly say that they've studied Buddhism. As if to say, I've studied Buddhism means that you've memorized Bukhari and Muslim and the canonical hadith collections. Others are so proud that they majored in philosophy. This, from the perspective of tasawwuf, is idle chatter. These are sciences that you're proud of. Take pride in understanding the Qur'an. The Qur'an is an all-encompassing book. The sciences that you take so much pride in, they don't yield or generate union with God. They don't give you that union, that wasl, the connection with your Lord. And as a proof, you flee from the suprogatory devotions, the extra forms of worship, tarawatib and the nafilas. So you have to strive to pass away from yourself, to become absent from yourself. And the brothers and sisters who entered into the khalwa, and for whom the light filled the entire room, and the light filled their own souls and their, their own existence, and who experienced absence from themselves, who experienced annihilation, obliteration, effacement. Without indwelling, there is no unification of you, of your soul, with your Lord. Rather, you experience your own disappearance, the dissolving of your own existence. And even that is for a moment, because you can't handle more than that. But at least you come to know that God was and there is nothing with him and that the realm of other than God subsists through God's attribute of sustenance or of self-subsistence, of qayyumiya. At that moment, you realize that acquiring divine knowledge and a proximity to God is not like becoming a fish that swims through the ocean of esoteric truths. Because 
if you have a fish inside an ocean, you have two entities. You have the fish and then the reality of the ocean. Rather, proximity to God is the experience of extinction in Allah. Otherwise, you're going to have the something that's perishing, like the fish, that's dwelling in the divine attributes. So instead of becoming a fish that swims through the ocean, this journey of acquiring divine knowledge and proximity to God, the journey toward annihilation in God, is to plunge into the ocean to become those esoteric realities, to become absent from yourself in its entirety, all of the levels of the, of the self, to become absent from them, and to bring them together, to unite them in al-nafsu al-mutma'inna, in the nafs that's at peace, in order to return to your Lord, irji'i ila rabbik, pleased and pleasing. And so the nafs then returns back to the amriyatul rububiyyah, to the commandingness of lordship, or to the realm of the command of the Lord, such that what subsists is the command of my Lord by and through the command of my Lord. And this moment occurs through unveiling and eyewitnessing, knowing that it is beyond the body, and the spiritual traveler doesn't become divine, astaghfirullah, the, the traveler becomes amiriya, becomes part of the, the realm of the affair or command of the Lord, and subsists under the attribute of divine power, al-qudra, and becomes amr, becomes an affair or a command of the Lord, and then acquires complete tawakkul, complete trust in God, by returning to God's power, by journeying from the command and prohibition, the realm of Amr al-Nahi, to the sheer attribute of divine power, thereby becoming water within water, not a fish indwelling in the attributes of God. So there's no unification, there's no coming together of two separate entities. We don't affirm wahdatul wujud, oneness of existence. And those who speak of this concept, they're actually speaking or alluding to how all of God's creation is from a singular root or asl. It's from the dot. Not to say that God is the dot. Astaghfirullah. These things, that's impossible. Here the words begin to fall apart and vocabulary begins to fail you, and the tongue becomes muted. And only the one who experiences complete extinction in God, in the Divine Presence, grasps its meaning. There was a, a question by a faqir from Egypt who had a dream of hearing the call of Sayyidina Hussein, and he came into the mosque, and the mosque was closed, but he was still allowed to enter. The mosque was closed because of the pandemic. The Sheikh comments, If you're invited to Mecca, if you hear the call of Mecca, then this is a permission for elevation, for rifa, from God. Without the invitation, you cannot approach God or the Messenger or the Ahlul Bayt. Your visit to Sayyidina Hussein is his gift to you. It's not your gift to him. 
you don't offer something to Sayyidina al-Husayn when you visit him. In a similar manner, if you're attracted to worship, if you're attracted to the spiritual life, then you are being given a gift. And if you're repelled by it, if you find worship disagreeable and repulsive, then there is a distance and a hatred, a bod. If you are loved by God, you'll find ease from God in these matters. You'll find rest and repose of the Spirit in worship. But so long as your lower self, your nafs, experiences constriction and contraction in worship, and so long as sending salawat upon the Prophet feels heavy on the tongue, know that he has not opened his door to you yet. If he had, your waking hours would all be salawat upon the Prophet and you would search through his shama'il and you would read his biography and you would look into the characteristics of the Prophet and send salawat upon him with Eden, with his permission. When the Ahlul Bayt the household of the Prophet ﷺ, who are the Ahlul Diwan, the Ahl of the inner circle, the Diwan, the registry. When they love you, they inscribe your name among the registry of the God-lovers, of Al-Muhibbun. When that occurs, you begin to take recourse through them. You practice tawassul through them. You take them as a means of approach. And you serve their presence. All of this comes by way of God's leave, His permission, from Him. And you enter this station not by yourself or by your own efforts. No servant of God enters into the station of Al-Wali without permission from God, Al-Mustafa And from the Wali that one is entering to visit for the Ziyarah. Your entrance, no servant enters into the presence or the realm or the tomb of a wali for a visit without permission from Allah and Rasulullah and the very wali that they're visiting. Ibn Mashish, the great Paul, the Shaykh of Imam Shadili, he famously made a supplication in which he said, O oh God, let no wretched person stand at my grave, no shaqi. In other words, let no one who doesn't have love for wilaya or for Ahlul Bayt Stand at my grave. Distance them. Make those type distant from me. This is why you see that there are villagers around the tomb of Ibn Mashish. There are neighbors around the tomb. But they don't have a share in love of Al-Wali, of the saint, in their hearts. If the saint loved them, then he would invite them. Also, the one who is deprived from the grace, the barakah, of his own age is the one who is deprived from visiting the wali of his own age. He's mahroom barakat zamani. He's cut off from the barakah of his own age, of his own time. If you had even, you would come crawling to the wali of your age. You would give bay'ah to al-Mustafa والسلام, and to Allah through that wali. When you're invited to visit the tomb of the Prophet you go there and you give bay'ah to him at his tomb. This is by virtue of his love for you. 
which precedes your love for him. Otherwise, you would never step foot in the Rawda. And this is why you see that some Meccans never step foot in the Haram. Then the Sheikh illustrated this by giving a commentary on the verse from Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah says, And when Ibrahim salam said, My Lord, show me how you give life to the dead. And Allah says, Do you not believe? And Ibrahim responds, Yes, indeed, but so that my heart may be at peace. And so Allah says, He said, Take four birds and make them be drawn to thee, to you. Then place a piece of them on every mountain. Then call them, and they will come to you in haste. And know that God is mighty and wise. This is the verse, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ أَرِنِي كَيْفَ تُحِيِّ الْمَوْتَى And then it, it ends with خُذْ أَرْبَعَةً مِنَ الطَّيْرِ فَصُرْهُنَّ إِلَيْكَ And the Sheikh comments, he says, Ibrahim السلام, responds to Allah, who asks him, do you not believe? He says, yes, indeed I do believe, but in order for my heart to be at peace. And he wants a response to his prayer as a sign, as a proof that his Lord, that God loves him. And so, in response, Allah Ta'ala points him to four mountains. And uh, the one commented how one mountain becomes four, and corresponding to the four elements, four seasons, four dimensions. And four is the number of al-fasl, of separation. And then when you call the birds to you, they come back, they come to you in haste. They don't come walking or flying, but they come quickly. And this God shows you how he gives life through your call. Ibrahim invites, God gives life, and the bird comes in haste. And they come in full surrender and submission, and they come crawling to you. They don't come flying, yet to Nikasaya. The birds have no choice in determining their course, even though normally they would fly above your head. They wouldn't come walking and crawling to you in, in a state of abasement. In a similar manner, you too, if God calls you, if he invites you, you become abased and you respond to the call in haste and you come in a state of humility and brokenness. You don't come walking exultantly with pride. You come broken. If you wish to know whether you're loved by Ahlul Bayt and by your Lord, your state after you hear the Adhan, the call to prayer, will give you the answer. If you hear the call to prayer and you tell yourself, I'll just take a little rest, and then after that, when I'm done with my work, I'll enter into the Divine Presence. Then realize that you're not coming to your Lord like those birds. It's as if there's something else competing with God. You're resisting Him. But if you hear the call and you make wudu in a state of humility and brokenness, then you've responded to the call. You've responded to the invitation. He calls you and you respond to Him. This is how you know whether you're loved by your Lord. If you don't come to the, if you don't respond to the call in haste with uh, humility and self-abasement, don't call yourself a Sufi. What knowledge do you claim to have? These four birds are better than you. 
They came, they responded to the call, to the call of Nabi Ibrahim And yet you hear the invitation, you hear Hayy ala al-Falah, you're invited to success and you don't. The Prophet and the Ahlul Bayt, they say that the coolness of their eyes, Qurratul Ayn, their pure joy, is found in the prayer. If you don't find coolness of the eye in the prayer, how can we say that you're among the people of esoteric realities and those who have God-given knowledge? If you do have that knowledge, teach it to us. The position of the sun and of the moon in its mansions, they are invitations for you to enter and find coolness of, the, of your eye and your pure joy in the prayer. The Adhan is an invitation. Every day the real calls you, Allah calls you. And you tell me, mm, no, I've studied Buddhism. Uh, Sheikh commented on his poem where, where he begins by saying, Nadani al min jinani. The real called out to me from my own heart. And the Sheikh says, The real didn't call out to me from the horizons. The permission to plunge into this ocean, into the reality of realities, comes from God. That has the precedence. And the, the next verse says, So my knowledge flowed upon my tongue. And it's my proof, my sign, and my demonstration. My demonstrative proof. And the Sheikh says, in other words, my proof is that my knowledge is on my tongue. Because if you enter into a state of abasement for God, He will teach you. The Lord is the one who will nurture you. Ar-Rabb is Al-Murabbi. He will train you. And He suffices you. Ahabbani Al-Habib Fahadani. The Beloved loved me, and so He guided me. In other words, guidance isn't from me. It's preceded by the love of the Beloved. Otherwise, we would have no share or any right to guide others. Guidance is a light from Allah. Nurun mir Rabbi. And so the poem continues, So the sun rose within my fu'ad, my inner heart. In other words, I'm not reading Socrates. This is mushahada, direct witnessing. The people of God, they were known to burn their books when they started the path to God. You clean yourself. You have to divest yourself. Strip yourself of these adornments. Takhliya. In order to be adorned by the virtues of the All-Merciful. But you, you want to adorn yourself by the virtues and character traits of the All-Merciful without divesting yourself of the character traits of Iblis, of a Shaitan. And you need takhliya. You need to empty and divest yourself. And even even though in reality Iblis doesn't have any character traits, he doesn't have any khuluq. So your quest, your search should be for tahalli, self-emptying. And know that tahalli, adornment, is a gift from God. What's on you is mujahada, is exertion of effort in order to purify yourself and empty yourself. And the reality of that struggle to empty yourself is what generates and yields the pure meaning of passing away in God of Fana. So you divest yourself of your attributes 
of your corporeality, of your own uh, character, of your own custom, of your culture, and he, your Lord, changes, or he replaces your, your self-emptying with his adornment, with his attributes, with his character traits. This is something you can't fake. With tahalli, with self-emptying, he will adorn you with tahalli, with his ornaments, with his beauty. So your task, what you have to do and exert effort in, is tahalli, self-emptying. But if you're committing sin, if you're violating God's law, or if you're approaching things that God finds reprehensible, and you tell me that you're reading Socrates, this for me, it just tells me that you come and you want to plant your ideas in the tariqah. Have taqwa, consciousness, fear of your Lord. Because that's not wayfaring. That's not spiritual traveling. When you finally cease to find your own self, when you've emptied yourself to the point that you don't even see it anymore, you don't find it, then you will find Allah. You will discover Allah when you become absent from yourself. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallaita ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alamin innaka hamidun majid